it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of my home studio. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who is not blaming a storm in Florida on climate change. No, they did that over at CNN. CNN is the worst. And thankfully, as we take to the airwaves today, the Category 3 storm uh, that has seen major storm surges down in the Tampa area, keeping our thoughts and prayers with the listeners of WHBO, the great Brad James and Bruce Midori, and that whole barnyard jamboree. We're being told that the storm itself is the end result of climate change. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Not on this show, they ain't. 888-788-9910 if you want to have an honest discussion on all things America. It is not a political show. It is a talk show. I am not recruiting for a political party. I am very much recruiting for a keg party. Bingo. This show is a hang. And if you want to be a part of it, as I said, one rule, be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a you know, like that jerk over at CNN, Bill Will. Get it? We'll get into him shortly. But as we begin the show again, uh, you know, if you're listening on WHBO, please stay safe down there. Uh, follow whatever advice they're giving you. If there's anything this show can do to extend a hand, if there's any way we can help, uh, do not hesitate to call us. And that offer goes not just to Brad and Bruce at the station, but to everybody down there uh, who might need a radio buddy to pitch in. So one way or the other, we are, as they like to say, remember during the pandemic, they were like, we're all in this together. Well, on this show, we're all in this together. I mean, when it comes to the pandemic. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, they really were. I mean, when they said they were locking us down and they were all going out, they're like, yeah, we're all in this together. And that by this, they meant the bar at the Delta Sky Lounge, where they were all having a drink awaiting their flights while they were telling the rest of us to stay home. Do you remember that? Gosh, it was infuriating. But the truth is, there is a level of self-absorption that is gripping our politics right now that I frequently like to make fun of because I want everybody listening to get what side of the aisle we're on. We're just on the fun side, like the don't take yourself too seriously side. This show is not a call to arms. I say it all the time. It is a call to chill the out. That's all it is. So as we get on the air, I'll give you the update first on the storm. Then I will, of course, give you an update second on the actual political fallout of which there has already been a great deal of it. National Weather Service calling uh, Adalia an unprecedented event. No major hurricanes, those classified as Category 3 or higher, had made landfall through the Big Bend region since hurricane data was first recorded in 1851. So this was in that regard, okay, unprecedented. The storm passed the Appalachian Bay and made landfall over Florida's Big Bend region. The peninsula merges into the Panhandle, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, DeSantis has given constant updates. They've got a zillion guys on the ground, okay, and as all of that goes on, Okay, and we get more emerging data, you know, we will present it to you. But what we want you to understand is when people are suffering from a storm, 
They don't need your politics. They don't, okay? They need your help, and if you don't have that to offer them, then they just need you to be quiet. I think he's got a point. That's it. That's all it is. You don't help by trying to weaponize the storm in the name of a political agenda. But here is Bill Ware over at CNN trying to work fossil fuels into the equation clip one. It's the biggest sort of trillion dollar question about how you adapt communities like this to the world that we're already now living in at the same time trying to mitigate further more wicked storms down the road with more fossil fuel pollution. Um, right now, the Gulf is being reopened by the Biden administration for oil and gas lease sales. That's about to happen in coming weeks. There are lawsuits around that uh, right there. But it's the double bind of these sort of oil economies in places like this where they, they have that as, a, as an income stream, but also the cost of it is becoming bigger with every storm. Uh, science has been warning about this for a very long time. In many ways, it's been predicted. It's the speed that we're seeing these changes that has taken most folks by surprise. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay, is anyone sharing data? Honestly, is anyone sharing data that shows climate change is increasing the cost of storm damage? The answer would be no. No, it's not climate change increasing the cost of anything. It's a 40-year high in inflation. Oh, wow! Guys, climate change is not the reason goods cost more. Okay, Joe Biden is. He knows what he's talking about. But again, there's a real shamelessness to these movements where they're always trying to opportunistically piggyback off a tragedy. If somebody gets shot, oh, we need gun control. It's the damn Republicans. Okay, hurricane strikes during hurricanes. Oh, it's climate change. We need to, you know. And this is what goes on, is an utter shamelessness to the whole thing that's preying on emotion because we live in an age where people's emotions are their facts. So what you find yourself doing in this moment is if you're an emotional person who, you know, runs on self-righteousness, you feel helpless in the face of a storm, but you want to feel like you can do something, so what do you do? You run out and you blame somebody who you think might be politically responsible. You know... None of these people would be dealing with storm surges if it wasn't for the Republicans. You guys realize that, right? That is a fact check false. Guys, there is no world where the weather is going to change depending on who you vote for. None. Doesn't matter. You vote Democrat, vote Republican. We can't control the weather. That's crazy people stuff. There was a time when you'd get locked up in a home for insinuating you could control the weather. That doesn't go on now because saying you control the weather happens to pay pretty well. So they're going to continue to do it at every turn. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But when you hear something like that, okay, you realize these are people that are not invested in any cause but themselves. Okay, if you're truly invested in the cause of climate change, you don't actually discredit it by trying to crowbar it into a discussion it doesn't happen to belong in at a point where people are suffering in real time. Like, think about Maui, okay, and what a heartbreaking story that is. Entire town of Lahaina gets burnt down. As you listen to this broadcast, there are 800 people missing, many of whom are still children. Are the Democrats even talking about them? The answer would be no. No, they don't care. But you know what they did care enough to do in the immediate aftermath of Lahaina? Okay, they told you that climate change, climate change, okay, was the cause of the fires. That's what they said with a show. You guys don't understand. Okay, it's a bad situation out there in Lahaina because we got all of this freaking climate change. There's not a hell of a whole lot we can do. 
Okay, the local power company told us that loose power lines were the cause of the fires. The actual cause of the fires were loose power lines. Okay, we know that to be true. But they still got out there in the immediate aftermath of the blaze, okay, with 800 people missing. And we're like, ah, climate change. This is bad. This is why you got to get rid of the Republicans. we got to do some, something about this climate change. And they did that with a straight face. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Okay, because you realize if you're that invested in your own personal political agenda, your own control, if your whole entire platform runs on socially pressuring people and shaming them into voting your way, okay, what you're really telling us is that your policies are useless. Correct the mundo. That's what's going on here. Okay, when you hear a guy on CNN trying to invoke fossil fuel use as the reason for a storm before we even know how big it'll get or how quickly it'll dissipate. So here's a question. It was a Category 3. Okay, we were told it was going to wipe out an entire region. Thankfully, by the grace of God, it has not wiped out the entire region. It has been downgraded to Category 1. So are we to believe that fossil fuels also helped in reducing what went on? I think he's got a point. I mean, think about it. Yeah, well, the point is they're all full of But really think about that. Well, fossil fuels, that's why this is going on. And the more fossil fuels, the worse the storms are going to get. Well, this storm, thankfully so far, and we are not out of the woods by any stretch, and we know the storm surges could still get as high as 15 points, at which point nobody is safe, so be very careful. But understand, it did not hit windfall at the rate of wind and speed and damage we were told. We didn't, thankfully, get those heartbreaking videos of aluminum tearing off of buildings and roofs flying down the roads and cars being flipped over. I say that thankfully. We did not get those videos. Now, we were told fossil fuels are the reason so for why they were going to get bigger and badder and it was just going to be worse. Seeing as that didn't happen, what are we to believe? Did people use too much 87 octane and not enough 93 octane last night? Like, what did we not use enough heating oil yesterday around the country? Like, why was the storm not as bad as it was? Because if we're to believe the fossil fuels are what's causing this stuff and making it worse, then surely there's got to be a world where somehow fossil fuels made it better, wouldn't you think? No. The truth is it has nothing to do with this. But there's a level of shamelessness in our politics that's just disgusting in any party. But when people are suffering in real time, they really, they don't need your agenda. They just need your help. And sadly, we don't have a lot of people in politics that want to offer help to anybody but themselves, and it's gross. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We had a funny back and forth yesterday. Vivek Ramaswamy was on the MSNBC with Andrea Mitchell. She was trying to 
pulled the old climate card out on him. You know, and he essentially was like... Then you're crazy! Is what he said. But listen to this. It's clip two. The Earth is covered by more green surface area today than it was half a century or a century ago because carbon dioxide is plant food. And but, carbon dioxide as a percentage of the atmosphere is still at a relative but, low through human say, history. Those are I hard just, facts. And I think we have to acknowledge a, those facts when having this debate. Well, there, there's a hard fact of the hurricane that is now approaching. The mayor, a three-generation St. Petersburg resident, says he's never seen anything like this, the, the ocean warming. But let me move on to some... Andrea, may may I respectfully offer a response to that? And and I mean this with due respect. If someone on the other side were an uneducated person from Arkansas who didn't go to college and offered one weather event as an end of one anecdote to help support a theory of global climate change, you'd laugh off off the stage as a rube for saying they don't follow data. The same shoe has to fit the other foot. Follow the actual data. I'm not talking about one person's opinion. We we talked to (laughs) professors, academics. You literally just quoted one person's opinion with due respect. That's exactly what you just quoted. And I think that that's what's driving okay. this kind of false narrative as opposed to the facts that I'm citing. Well. <laughs> and what did he basically say to her? You were lying your ass up. Okay, she did try to quote one man as proof of her point. Well, as a mayor in St. Petersburg said he's never seen warming in the ocean like this. Is this guy a climate scientist? The answer would be no. No, it's so stupid. And again, we're not trying to belittle anybody in this moment to score political points. We're trying to show you how people on the left, specifically, okay, the liberal surrogates that happen to work in the media itself, will get out there day in and day out, and they'll try to make these points bereft of any data. The media is a bunch of losers. Seriously, because the data they have is emotion. Wow, we're about to watch the storm footage. Things are getting bad. It must be climate change. And who are they appealing to? For the most part, good people, people who want to help, people who want to believe they can make a difference in the world. So they go, oh, that's true. We do have this climate change. And, you know, the mayor of St. Petersburg said something about the ocean being warmer. So I guess what they're telling us on CNN is right. We should probably donate to their cause or something like that. That's how this works. Good people are being preyed upon, okay, by opportunistic people who are armed with nothing. Nothing other than the audacious level of claims they're willing to make in the face of emotional moments. Okay, that's so much of what our politics is now. We're living in an era where people's emotions are their facts. That's how Joe Biden got elected. Okay, Joe Biden got elected because they convinced people emotionally, emotionally that we were all in danger if we stayed on the road with Trump. Well, look at all the people that were dying of COVID under Trump. We better get rid of them and bring in Joe Biden, a guy who, uh, well, as it turns out, presided over twice as many COVID deaths, despite inheriting not one, not two, but three vaccines. Tell it like it is. Okay. Trump was supposed to get us into wars. He became the only president in 40 years who didn't start one. In fact, he ushered in some semblance of peace in the Middle East through the Abraham Accords. Okay. Do you know what illegal border crossings were under Trump? Six million crossings lower than they happened to be under Biden. Biden is such a disaster. I mean, really think about that, though. Inflation wasn't where it was. Crime wasn't where it was. Fentanyl deaths weren't where it was. But they got you to vote for Biden because they said we were a systemically systemically racist country. And the only way to fix things was to get the guy out of our government that's been a part of it for three years and replace him with a guy who's been a part of our systemically racist government for 50 years. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But that's what they did, and that's how we got a guy elected who, let's be very honest, can't do the gig. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. And you know, 
okay, it is a legitimate problem when you start to hear the Jake Tappers of the world. Jake Tapper on CNN, which is not exactly Mar-a-Lago Monthly, pushing back on Kareem Jean-Pierre over the concerns regarding Biden's age. Listen to KJP, by the way. Go straight in on the propaganda. It's clip nine. Is the White House worried that questions about President Biden's stamina could ultimately impact whether or not voters will be able to support him for a second term? His record stands alone, something that we all are proud of on all of the historic amount of pieces of legislation. But I'm talking about his age and his stamina and his ability to do the job. And you're talking about the record. And I understand why you'd rather talk about the record. But I'm talking about what Americans see when they turn on the TV and they see... You know, Joe Biden's been in politics since before, literally since before you were born. And like that, he's he's aged. (laughs) That was embarrassing. Was it ever? But here's the rest of this exchange. This is KJP at the White House now. And uh, she is asked about polling. We discussed some of this on the show yesterday, showing that the majority of Americans think Biden is too old. Clip 14. A new AP poll asked Americans uh, an open-ended question on their thoughts on the president, and the most common response has to do with his age, uh, how old he is in president history. Does the White House have additional plans to demonstrate that he can continue to, you know, do the job at his advanced age and kind of allay some of those concerns? I mean, look, look, I appreciate the question. I get get it often, as you know. Um, And what I would say, and I've said this many times, and many of my colleagues have said this, The president says this. If you watch him, if you've seen what he's done the last two years, this is a president has had a historic administration in just two years. And so that's what we will happily, happily to discuss as we as it relates to age, what the president has been able to do. (laughs) That was absolutely dreadful. (laughs) You know, you watch the president. You know, we can't even keep up with this guy. This guy is so busy. I mean, we've never seen anything like it. I mean, come on. What would you do with a brain if you had one? You know, if you watch this guy, he's, he's vigorous. When he's out there shaking invisible hands and sniffing babies, now this is a guy that's on top of it. Biden's lost his marbles. <laughs> I'm not happy that he's lost his marbles. I don't take any joy in saying this. I genuinely feel bad. Because he shouldn't be anywhere near the Oval Office. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Okay, they want him on the ticket for the sole purpose of the fact that it gives the bureaucrats more power behind the scenes because we don't have a president who's actually assertively in charge day in and day out. But what they're starting to recognize in the media is, again, they want to win. They want their party in power. Biden was a useful idiot. What he's coming to realize is the media is only hiring part-time. They don't need a full-time idiot. If they did, they wouldn't have turned on my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Yeah, he was the man of the year in the run-up to the 2020 election because they were contrasting him against Trump. Ah, why can't Trump be more like Andy? But then the minute the election was over, they got rid of him on Me Too grounds because he didn't have the best office etiquette, as it turns out. You ever seen a grown man naked? Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on a Wednesday at 888-788-9910. One thing to add to this climate discussion before we pivot out, and thankfully as we are on the air right now, Hurricane Adalia has been downgraded from a Category 3 to a Category 1. We certainly want everybody down there to stay safe, especially our radio buddies. I've got family down there, Cindy and George. They're never safe, though. If you hang out with those two, they're always in harm's way. Big drinkers, big partiers. But we can report that the Tampa Bay Airport is going to begin receiving inbound flights today at 4 p.m. and will resume full operations tomorrow morning, uh, which means things not nearly as dire as we had hoped. Thought they might get. And uh, that is a win for all of us. So thank you. Uh, we are very thankful in this moment uh, for the fact that we did not get uh, the disaster that we were told might be coming our way, courtesy of the climate fear mongers. Okay, man, that stuff, it drives me crazy. It really does. But the thing about our conversation, whether it's politics, whether it's climate change, whether it's transgender athletes and men competing against women okay the one thing you'll find is there's not a lot of data uh to support the arguments on the left he knows what he's talking about okay whether we're talking about scientific data or anecdotal data okay i bring this up why because kareen jean pierre was asked yesterday at the white house you know with all the controversies that have ensued over title nine and the idea that biological men are now competing against biological women Okay, she was asked about it at the White House and gave a hell of a non-answer uh, on multiple occasions. Let's start there, clip four. Former Governor Nikki Haley and presidential candidate says, quote, the idea that we have biological boys playing in girls' sports, it is the women's issue of our time. Does the president agree that this is a women's rights issue? So we've talked about this many times. This is the Title IX uh, specifically. Uh, look, um, and again, we've talked about this multiple times. It's a complicated issue, and there are a wide range of views on this. Uh, the Department of Education proposed a rule, as you know, uh, that gives schools the flexibility to establish their own uh, athletics uh, policies. And so while establishing uh, guardrails, right, to, to prevent discrimination against transgender kids, and that is something that is in incredibly important uh, uh, that the president wants to make sure that we also uh, do that as well. So I'm just not going to get ahead of that. Oh, come on, KJP. That was the worst thing I ever heard. There's a absolute clear line between supporting transgender children and corrupting women's athletics by allowing biological men to compete against women, knowing full well they have an advantage. Why do we know that biological men have an advantage over biological women? Because the greatest women's tennis player of all time, Serena Williams, flat out admitted to it on an interview with David Letterman. You never hear this from the left. This opinion I'm about to play you in this day and age would be considered hate speech. It would be considered transphobia. You'd be, you'd be accused of committing transgenocide and calling for violence if you discussed this factual position. But here is Serena Williams asked about the possibility at the time she's the number one ranked female tennis player in the world she's asked about the possibility of playing a friendly exhibition against andy murray here is her response for me tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports so i'm like if i were to play andy murray i would lose 6-0-6-0 in five to six minutes maybe ten minutes because it's, no, no it's true it's, honestly, true it's a completely really. 
it's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game. And I love to play women's tennis, and I I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna let you kill me. Think about that. Okay, that's Serena Williams, the number one player in the world. If she said that today, they'd be like, get her out. Get her out of here. She'd lose her Nike endorsement. Okay, straight up, she'd lose her endorsement. Forget the fact that they were in a Hollywood movie. People would be boycotting the movie. Like, ah, oh, that's, you know, that's hate speech. No, no, it's honest speech. It doesn't mean you hate trans people. It doesn't mean you want to harm them. And it certainly doesn't mean you're denying them access to athletics. Okay, people who are of one biology should compete against members of that same biology, okay? When you talk about transgenderism, when you talk about, you know, men competing against women, okay, your uniform is that of a woman. We're talking about uniforms. We're not talking about biology here, okay? A guy who goes out and dresses up as a woman is not a woman per se. He is a man dressed as a woman. Okay, doesn't mean I hate him, doesn't mean I don't respect his right to do that. It is America, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. But this reality that anyone who dresses as a woman is now a woman, ergo should be treated as such, i got to be honest with you. That is a fact-check false. When it comes to biology, it is very much a fact-check false. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl... You stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Oh, my good. Have you said that today in the Democratic Party? He should be behind bars. But he's telling the truth. Let me give you a little more truth. Just a little more Fred Rogers truth. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. The other half of that clip and understand, okay, they will not have that. And it's not to say you can't go be that, you understand? You can transition, okay? The argument on the right is to stay away from children. You don't want anyone underage who hasn't had a chance to fully develop to transition their body because there's a very good chance they may grow out of the choice they've made as a child. There's a reason we don't let children make life-altering decisions for themselves. We don't do it, okay? And there is a reason we don't do it. And what is that reason? The reason is because they are not developed enough intellectually to make permanent life-altering decisions. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Doesn't mean we hate them. Doesn't mean we don't want them to have rights. Doesn't mean they shouldn't be heard. Doesn't mean they shouldn't be considered. It just means that there used to be something called parental authority in this country. And that parental authority superseded anything coming out of the state and certainly any of the garbage coming out of the White House. Okay, but we're now living in an America where the White House wants you to believe it's complicated. There's no yes or no answer. Here it is, clip five. Does he care that girls are allowed to compete in sports without just, fear I, of injury? Just, Does he think it's fair for girls to have to compete against biological males? I just answered the question. It is a complicated issue. It is truly a complicated issue with a wide range of views, a wide range of views. There is no yes or no answer to this. It is complicated. There's a rule that the Department of Education has put forward, uh, and we're going to let that, that 
process move forward. Uh, and uh, it is, uh, again, uh, we want to make sure that uh, while we establish guardrails with this rule, uh, that we also prevent discrimination as well against transgender kids. But again, a complicated issue with a wide range of views, and we respect that. But this is the problem, okay? When it comes to men competing against women, is that a complicated issue? The answer would be no. Zero. It is not. Not on any level. Okay, the winner of the men's New York City Marathon beats the winner of the women's marathon by 15 minutes. Guys, in marathons, that's over three miles. Okay, Leah Thomas, a good example. Leah Thomas as Will Thomas, the 432nd 432nd ranked male swimmer in the country. 432. Jumps in the pool and becomes the number one ranked women's swimmer in the country. Understand, not only does that show evidence of a massive biological advantage just because of how much he was able to increase his standing, but he was able to do so while he was battling what? Okay, his fellow swimmers, he was also battling shrinkage every time he jumped in the pool. Okay, understand, he was able to do that because of the massive advantage men have. It's a massive biological advantage, and it's not a bad thing. We used to celebrate the fact that there were biological advantages. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. There was a time where that wasn't controversial. It was just factual. And we should have and be okay with biological differences. But seriously, you've probably heard this point before. But why is it cultural appropriation if you say go get like cornrows in your hair? Now, it's my ethnicity, technically I wouldn't have cornrows, I guess is what I'm supposed to believe. But if you went out and got them, they'd say, well, that's cultural appropriation. You're dressing like a different culture. But how is it not gender appropriation if you go out and take someone's entire gender? And again, I'm not even saying you don't have the right to do it, but I'm saying there's an obvious double standard in place. But when you start to hear things like, ah, oh, men competing against women, it's complicated. No, it's not. Guys have a huge advantage. That's all it is. Okay, if why can't a 21-year-old man compete in the Little League World Series? I don't doubt that it's happened. We once had Danny Almonte, famously the young kid, <laughs> was competing in the Little League World Series from Staten Island. Turned out to be like 18. He was throwing like 98 miles an hour, striking out everybody. But the truth is, why couldn't you identify as a child and compete in a children's division if you were a grown man? What's the difference between claiming the identity as a woman and claiming the identity as anything else? Okay, you just had a guy, I'm not even making this up, uh, uh, a London court, a man just pled guilty. I'm talking this, uh, this, I was reading this during the commercial break on CNN. A man just pled guilty to having relations with a cow. What the hell did you just say? Like a cow. I'm not saying the chicks I slept with in college. I'm saying he had, he had sex. He had sex with an actual cow, this man. And now he would be facing prison time. Okay. On the plus side, he has just landed the lead role in the new rom-com Fifty Shades of Hay. That was the worst thing I ever heard. But the point is, okay, why can't he just say, well, no, no I, I identify as a cow. You can't actually. You can't charge me for this. I mean, what would be the difference? It is a claim. It is not a fact. That's what they'd say. They'd go, well, you're just claiming you're a cow. You're not actually a cow. Well, how do you know that? Oh, because your biology is different. Oh, get out of here. Oh, you don't say the biology is different. You know, like it is between men and women. I mean, that's the point. When you bring facts into this equation, the game ends pretty quickly. 
Okay, that's why there's the blowback that there is. Hey, what do you think of men competing against women? Well, it's complicated. As we got to protect people, we're worried about you know. You got to look out for the kids. You got to make sure they feel safe. You know, that's the whole problem. This is ridiculous. Of course it is, because it's all an effort to discuss everything but the facts. Hey, we don't want men competing against women. We think it's unfair. You're a transphobe. People are going to die. We can't have that type of conversation around here. What the hell is going on? That's what they would say. And why would they say that? Because they want to create a gap between what people believe to be true and what they're willing to say in public. And that fear of saying things in public is how they continue to advance their ideology. If no one's comfortable pushing back against it, it becomes a lot easier to get it enacted. I mean, think what just happened out in California. This one blows my mind as a parent. California school district just settled with a mom for $100,000. To be honest with you, it wasn't enough money because they transitioned their kid without the parent's knowledge. They did not tell the parent. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, so the kid started going by different pronouns, started dressing differently, started using different restrooms. The parent ultimately found out and was like, what the hell is this? The school was like, yeah, we transitioned. We didn't want to tell you. We weren't sure you're going to be on board with it. Yo, you don't have that authority. Okay, parents are the ultimate authority over their kids. But you understand they tried doing it the other way. The parent pushed back, sued, and actually got a little bit of money. And you've got to hope this is the beginning of a long line of parental pushback because I think people are actually sick of it. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. They shouldn't. Okay, there's no world where anyone should have authority over your child other than you you are the parent growing up we always knew that if someone was starting a conversation with don't tell your parents okay it was either a grandparent giving the kid more candy than they deserve to have or it was the neighborhood pedophile bingo there's no no in between okay never in the world of kids is there something positive in it for the kids well-being that begins with a stranger saying don't tell your parents. That begins with an authority figure other than your parents. You don't tell your parents. It's a scam. Okay, but the reason they get stuff like this enacted on a, on a, on a big scale is because on a small, small scale, they get us to play along with things like sports. Hey, we don't want men competing against women. What are you nuts? They're going to die. You should be in jail. You're a murderer. Way to go. Now all the trans people are going to kill themselves. And you're like, all right, I guess I'll shut up. But who's actually the victim here? Women, biological women, who lose out on scholarships, who lose out on medals, okay, who lose out on accolades because a man who has no business competing against them has jumped in the pool. And that's where we find ourselves, with KJP saying, I can't give you a straight answer, knowing there's a real one out there. But the real one involves facts. And when it comes to the facts, okay, this little arcade game we're playing towards identify as whatever you want runs out of quarters really quick if we start telling the truth.
listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to head down the coast of Virginia Beach. Virginia, David is standing by. David! Jimmy, how are you, sir? Well, I'm doing it, man. It's uh, you know a little bit of a week, but we're, we're holding it together over here. Outstanding, outstanding. Listen, I just want to uh, just kind of fill your ear, let you know some truths about what's going on about the Maui fire. Okay. I, uh, I was fortunate enough to live on the island of Maui for 10 years. No. And uh, if uh, anybody thinks that was their first fire mm-hmm. that they've ever had to deal with, then somebody's feeding a load of something. Um, yep. One summer we had 13 fires. They were all arson set. Wow. But the point I'm going to make here is man-made, man, man, total man guilty, and you cannot just blame the power company for this. Mm-hmm. The, the fire chief, the mayor, yep. if they didn't know that that area was extremely flammable, yeah. um, then they shouldn't have been doing their jobs because they've had fires over there. As a matter of fact, uh, I think the summer before the um, mm-hmm. pandemic, yep. they had to close the road, the poly but highways. The, really quick, let me just jump in. Fire. I, no, I agree. Okay. I know they've had multiple fires, but you wouldn't call that climate change, I think, is the point, is that there were multiple entities to blame, but they run out and catch climate change because they're hoping to piggyback off it and because they're clowns. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. And here we go. Back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Madison Jessiato Gilbert. She is the RNC spokesperson in charge of the Republican primaries. Okay, she is the one getting out there, talking to the media. And explaining, you know, who's up, who's down, who's dropped out. Uh, We lost the mayor of Miami yesterday, Suarez. Get him out of here. Get him out. Okay. Really didn't have much of a run. He didn't make it to the debate stage the first time around. He had claimed he was the guy. uh, Wrong. Didn't quite work out that way. But right now in this moment, as far as people that are still in the race, uh, the word on the street is Nikki Haley is enjoying a bit of a surge. I don't know if you had that takeaway from watching the first GOP presidential debate, but I'm going to read you a little reporting on Governor Haley. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in. In the meantime, it's an Axios report. It says Trump pollster Tony Fabrizio is telling Republican donors Nikki Haley has surged in Iowa since last week's GOP presidential debate, and that she and Vivek Ramaswamy are essentially tied with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in New Hampshire. Now, understand, okay, there's a motivation for a Trump surrogate and a Trump pollster going after Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But the point is, he's trying to, yes, give more credence to the rumors that DeSantis is sinking. Trump actually went on Truth Social yesterday and started his own rumor that he heard DeSantis is dropping out to run for Senate instead. (laughs) We don't know that that's based on anything whatsoever, but that's the gamesmanship of Trump just getting out there and talking smack and spreading rumors. You can't just make up lies about people. Well, you can in politics. It's a very dirty game. That being said, people did have a good response to Nikki Haley showing 
because I don't know that they came into it with a terribly high expectation. I'm not saying she has a reputation of being an incompetent. I'm just saying that most of the headlines in the run-up to that debate went to either Vivek or to Ron DeSantis. And, of course, if there was a headline regarding Donald Trump, it was usually some left-wing media site yelling that he should be behind bars. Okay, but that was the run-up to the debate. Okay, DeSantis's campaign was going backwards. He had fired a campaign manager. That is true. Vivek was getting a lot of new media because he was getting out there and rapping and taking his shirt off and doing all of those things in the name of clout. That was embarrassing. It wasn't the best look. Uh, but uh, listen, give him credit. I mean, the guy's at least in shape. Certainly looked better than Biden with his C-cup breasts on the beaches of Delaware last week. That wasn't a good look for the country, let's be honest. Didn't look great. Okay, but the truth is Nikki Haley didn't come into it with a lot of heat. But she did have a strong night. Roughed up Vivek on foreign policy quite a bit. And now she's been doing a lot of media. And here she is yesterday, to her credit, talking about the fact that Trump's indictments are a scam. And this is not something unique to her. Okay, other people have talked about the fact that Trump's rights are being denied by the idea that they would try a guy in the middle of a presidential election. Ely Honig said it on CNN. Let me actually let's start there. Let me give you the Ely Honig clip. Here you go. But it's cutting it really close here to, to make Donald Trump in a case with 12 million, doc, 12 million pages of documents go to trial in seven months. And some of the uh, rationales that DOJ offered up that the judge agreed with, I, I think, don't cut it. For example, one of the things DOJ argued and the judge agreed with is, well, he's sort of known that this was a possibility for a year or so. Yeah. Going back to the January 6th trials, that's not the way it works in our system. You are not on notice as a criminal defendant until an indictment drops. That's the purpose of an indictment. You can't just say, well, you kind of should have known there was something floating out there in the ether. That doesn't cut it. I also agree with Caroline. You know, one of the big rationales has been, well, we, the prosecutors, we gave you this handy guide to most important documents. That's nice. That's a sweet courtesy. But guess what? It's up to the defense lawyer to decide what matters to the defense. So I think they're cutting it pretty close to the line here with respect to Donald Trump's constitutional right to fully prepare. Give him credit for that. Okay, believe me, CNN, no fan of Donald Trump. Ellie Honig probably got a lecture from management after being honest about Donald Trump. Okay, indicting the leader in the primary polls in the middle of an election season is very much election interference. It just is. I'm I got to be honest, man. Like, really, Donald Trump getting indicted for January 6th is something that could have happened on January 7th in 2021 when you're right you're right and you're right okay could have happened a year ago could have happened six months ago could have happened two years ago okay the fact that it only happened now in the middle of an election season is because they wanted it to interfere with the election they wanted this hanging over trump's head it's not about getting a conviction he needs to be convicted in the court of public opinion that's all they're after the process is the punishment it's not about sending him to jail It's about making it impossible for him to run. He's got to defend himself in a trial that contains 12 million documents. 12 million. Okay, that's a little time-consuming. And then you talk about starting a trial the day before Super Tuesday, which is the biggest voting day of the primary season, and you realize the fix is in. Okay, it's a racket. And here is Nikki Haley, to her credit, running against Trump. People are like, oh, she's just running to be Trump's VP. I don't doubt most people in this race would gladly serve as somebody else's VP if they lost the nomination and were asked. But at this point, Nikki Haley is running like she wants to be the president. She's running like she wants to be the president because she believes, okay, that if Trump isn't on the ticket, she can take this thing. Wrong. But that's her belief. And to be honest with you, after watching the first debate, 
DeSantis wasn't great, man. Okay, policy-wise, he was great. Never smiled once. Didn't endear himself to the audience. Tim Scott, who I love, never really did get to showcase his strongest suits. Like, there wasn't a discussion about race, which I think would have really benefited Tim Scott. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And I don't think people in that debate forum recognized what Tim Scott means to the Republican Party in that he very well nullifies 80 percent of the Democrat plan of attack, which is to say the Republicans are a bunch of racists and they hate black people. That's pretty much the Democrat MO. That's what they do. Okay, that's how they campaign. I'm Hillary Clinton and I approve this message. Okay, you're a basket of deplorables. We can't have you guys win. You're a bunch of racists, white supremacists. Tim Scott has so much more upward mobility in the general election than anybody realizes. Now, the truth is none of that matters if he can't win the general election. Nikki Haley demonstrated a fighting spirit that just might get her there. Okay, here she is talking about Trump, and I will give her credit for this. She is calling out the fact that he is wrongly uh, being prosecuted in this moment, but she's also having it both ways and saying, listen, we just need somebody who can win this thing. Not a lot of people are doing that. Chris Christie's doing it, but nobody cares. Okay, but the truth is it's very, and, and this is a point Bill Barr made on the show, Weeks back, he said, I don't think everybody understands because they're so caught up in this moment of Trump that they don't realize that the Democrats have done such a historically bad job of running this country that it's put us at the precipice of real danger if they get four more years in the White House. So Bill Barr always says his biggest concern is getting someone in there who can win the general election because if we follow our emotions to the storyline we're rooting for the hardest, but it just so happens to be the only narrative that can, you know, let the Democrats come out of this thing on top, we really could be giving the country back for four more years to the worst management team we've ever seen. That can't be good. It could be disastrous, more so than it's already been. So let's talk about Haley for a second. This is clip 15. It was an honor to serve in the administration and work on foreign policy with him, and I agree with a lot of his policies. But the fact is, I don't know if it's four or five or six or how many indictments it is now, but he's going to spend a lot of time in a courtroom and not on a campaign trail. And my concern is we cannot have Kamala Harris as president. We can't chance this. We have to make sure that we have a new generational leader that's going to bring in not only Republicans, but we're going to pull back the independents. We're going to bring back in the suburban women. We're going to bring in Hispanics. We're going to bring in the Asian community. We have to make sure we win this because the thought of Kamala Harris being president should send a chill up every American spine. Okay, she's not wrong about that. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! But Jameel Hill, a uh, former worker over at ESPN, just a race baiting clown, <laughs> straight up claimed that Nikki Haley was being racist for saying we can't have a President Kamala. Now, Nikki Haley is Indian-American woman herself, worth pointing out. But I always come back to this same line of thought. If Republicans who don't support Kamala are racist, what do we say of the Democrats who had Kamala polling at 1% when she ran for president? Think about that. If the Republicans are a bunch of racists because they don't want Kamala to be president, what are the Democrats, 99 percent of whom did not support her in the primaries? She was polling at one percent. She's polling behind my milk. OK, Democrats did not support her. Overwhelmingly so. They uh, Get her out. Get her out of here. 
That was the take. They couldn't. Uh, she was so inauthentic, so uncomfortable in her own skin. Everyone looks at Kamala and has the same feeling. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. And everyone saw that. Why? Because Kamala Harris famously said on the debate stage that Joe Biden was a rapist. I believe his sexual assault accuser. She is to be believed. She's calling Biden a rapist. She also said he was a racist. Ah, Joe Biden. He supported segregated busing, and she told that story about how there was a little girl hoping to get on an integrated school bus when Biden was fighting for segregated busing. And she goes, and that little girl was me. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Yes, he's a rapist. He's a racist. But the minute, the minute he said, hey, how would you like to be my VP? Kamala was like, well, we're moving on now. right up, right up. Couldn't take the gig fast enough. And understand, that's who she is, a political opportunist, a clown. But Jameel Hill, who is a race-baiting super clown herself, called Nikki Haley a racist. Here's Nikki Haley pushing back against that characterization, clip 10. This has nothing to do with Kamala's gender or Kamala's race. This has everything to do with Kamala's incompetence. That's what this is about. Every American knows that if Kamala Harris becomes president, we are in serious trouble of losing our country. Give her all the credit in the world. Why? Because she's telling the truth. There is no race. There is no gender. We would be okay with if they were this bad at their job. Kamala Harris is the border czar at a time when we've had more people cross the border illegally than at any point in the history of our country. She went down and responded to this border crisis, not by visiting the border, but going to the Northern Triangle countries, conducting a study on the root causes of immigration and blaming it on climate change. What an idiot. Okay, and why was she doing that? Because they were pushing their agenda. They were taking an emotional situation and trying to piggyback their agenda off of it, just like they just tried doing with Hurricane Idalia down in Florida. Oh, it's Category 6. Excuse me. Category three, everybody's going to die. It's climate change doing this. These freaking Republicans, I can't believe it. Yeah, the good news for all of us is the storm wasn't nearly as bad as they thought it was going to be. Okay, the bad news for Democrats is they now don't have these heartbreaking images of towns being ruined, of homes being flooded and overrun. Okay, and to be clear, there are still storm surges out there, and people need to be very careful. But the Democrats aren't going to get their multimedia moment of chaos that allows them to then turn around and say, ah, climate change, vote for us. They tried doing it in Maui. Three elected officials came forward in Maui. Three elected officials came forward and said it was climate change. That is a fact check false. We found out it was fire mismanagement. As Dave was saying in the last hour, one of our callers, we talked about the fact that the power company acknowledged that power lines were the real cause of the blaze, at which point all the Democrats moved on. We have 800 people missing in Maui right now. Is anybody talking about it in the media? The answer would be no. Think about how far gone we are as a people, that we've lost our ability to scale what matters. 800 people are missing, most of whom are children, and for the most part, we've just moved on from the story. What the hell is the world coming to? We're in a really weird moment of desensitization, where everything is now just become a thing we watch on our phone, Till the next thing we watch on our phone. Oh, what is this? Uh, entire town burnt down? Okay, there's that. All right, now I got a guy lip syncing with his cat. Now there's that. 
Okay, there's a shooting. Two guys got killed. All right, there's that. All right, here's a political speech. Somebody's all right, there's that. And that's what we do now. Okay, we've never been dumber because of the smartphone. But the smartphone has enabled the Democrats in the era of incentivized outrage to mobilize pushback by characterizing things on a very reductive and one-dimensional level. Ah, it's racist. Ah, she's only, Nikki Haley's only saying that about Kamala because she's racist. No, Nikki Haley's saying that about Kamala because it's true. Okay, she sucks at her job. That's the bottom line. So the Republicans, in order to turn this country around, if they want to take back power and prioritize a world of, of deeds instead of words, okay, they need to win the general election. And they need to nominate the person who gives them the best chance of winning the general election. I'm saying that isn't not necessarily telling you that's not Trump in this moment. But I'm telling you one of the reasons Nikki Haley happens to be surging to the extent that she is is because people realize, okay, she's spitting a lot of truth up there on that stage. But more importantly, in the era of identity politics, she actually checks boxes that the Democrats don't. Yes, she's a woman. Yes, she would be historic first as a Middle Eastern woman. But something none of the Democrats bothered to check is whether or not she happens to be competent. And in the instance of Nikki Haley, say, unlike a KJP or a Kamala Harris or a Pete Booty judge, okay, Nikki Haley could actually do the hell out of the job. You're absolutely right. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have Madison Gilbert Jessiato, uh coming by in the next break. She is our RNC spokesperson. Right now, uh, the spokesperson for KROE in Sheridan, Wyoming. Reese is on the line. Yo, Reese. Mega Equality State Dittos to you, Jimmy. How are you, my friend? I'm good, boo. Everything's under control. What's going on in uh, Wyoming? Did you guys buy tickets to my show, or is it still too far away? It's still too far away, man. You got to come to me. You're the worst. Like, I'm a pizza delivery (laughs) guy. You're the worst. I I don't want to hear it, Reese. But go go ahead. What were you you thinking? So, listen, I got got a question for you, and I got three asks, and I think you're going to agree with me. Jesus, for a guy who's Um, not coming to my show, this is a big big laundry list, Reese, but continue. Okay, so my question is, what do you think of these new voices emerging from the average American people? That you see in Vivek and you see in Oliver, and then my, my 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 request is, hey, let's pray for those people down in Florida, and mm-hmm. let's not forget them folks in Hawaii as well. Imagine, Second yep. request is, hey, let's elevate those new voices because those new voices are new voices of fresh air that are gonna cast a net and catch more American families behind them yep. than, uh, you know, your regular American politicians, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the third request would just be, hey, let's pray for our country because we are in a fight for the soul of our country. We want to stand up for our girls and, and, and sports. We want to stand up for what we think is right. And these new voices are at the core and the heart of the American people is what my thought is. So beautiful. You take it away there. And hey, quite the tee up for your first guest of your second hour, by the way. <laughs> I did get through your call screener and he was kind of tough. But you wrote, you wrote the you. Inter- you wrote the interview. Good job, Reese. We'll do it again. You can send us the bill for the show prep later. 
There goes the great Reese in Sheridan, Wyoming. <laughs> I always enjoy talking to him. You get some real perspective from Reese, who's out there on the ground in the real America getting stuff done. Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert, whose job it is to corral, she speaks out on behalf of the Republican Party. Uh, she's going to try to restore order in this food fight next. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They were just playing a promo for college football. Nobody knows more about college football than our next guest. She's an RNC spokesperson, but let's not mince words here. She's an Ohio State Buckeye to the core, and they got a big one coming up against Youngstown State. Joining us now from the tailgate party, Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert in the house. Hey, girl. Hey, good to be with you. Are, are you guys cracking cans of Natty Light in the parking lot right now? What's going on? <laughs> Not quite, but I know some people are already ready to go. I mean, people have been waiting for months for this weekend, so it's going to be an exciting weekend for sure. Not just in Ohio, but all across the country. As people, Big Ten, SEC, everybody gets ready to party for the big day, big games coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. college. We needed college football. No, that, that matters. You know what I mean? Like, it's good for morale because, you know, there's a lot of messy things going on around the country. We need something. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's you know, politics gives us enough reasons to drink for, like, bad. Like, college football is a reason to drink good, you know? So there's well, that. the thing about football and sports in general is it always has brought people together for so long. So I think it was difficult when we look at those couple years where people yep. were really kind of being torn apart by a lot mm -hmm. of the political and cultural stuff going on on yep. the outskirts of football. But at the end of the day, the game brings people together, people yep. from all walks of life, all places in the country. Uh, you know, wherever, especially for me as a Buckeye, wherever I go in the country, there's always someone screaming OH, IO. So you know, it's a big thing for us Buckeyes. No, it's pretty funny. I get it. It's funny. I, I saw it in, I was flying back from Vegas for, uh, Saturday morning, and I actually saw that exact ritual at the TSA. There was a guy with a yep. uh, Buckeye hat on, and the TSA guy yelled out OH, and the other guy was like IO. And I was like, this would be so much funnier if the drug dog alerted right now. <laughs> it just went from like <laughs> this this moment of camaraderie to like, and I've got to arrest you. But thankfully, that was not the case. Everybody behaved perfectly. Uh, Mad, Ohio State's kicking off their season against Youngstown State, which is, you know, we, we wish them no ill will. But Ohio State is favored by about four touchdowns, maybe five. When you look out at the Democratic Party, do you feel like the Republicans are running against Youngstown State uh, in 2024? I mean, the Democrats really have nothing to run on at this point. Biden has been a complete and total failure, as you talk about all the time on your show. Uh, the economy, I think, is number one when you see the failure after failure after failure, every single statistic. I mean, whether you talk about people thinking the country's on the wrong track, 65 percent of people think that. 60 percent of workers living paycheck to paycheck, including 73 percent of millennials. Savings are down. Real incomes are down. Economic confidence is down. Seventy-four percent of people say their financial situation is not improving. And almost half of people say that their financial situation is actively getting worse under Biden. And this is really just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's not just a one-issue problem. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about the economy, you're talking about education, you're talking about crime, you're talking about the border. This guy has literally failed on everything. So it's going to be, I think, very difficult, hence why they continue to have him locked up, not campaign at all because what does he really have to campaign on?
That's a good point. Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert is on the line. We're having a grown-up talk about 2024 and whoever winds up running for the Democrats. I mean, when you think about this, okay, if 77% of the country say he's mentally unfit for the job, okay, and that is the polling. That's an AP poll. That's not like a Jimmy Fallon fun poll, okay? Uh, but think about this. If 77% of the public think he's not mentally fit to do the job, isn't it kind of insane to ask the country, okay, to give a guy the most important job in the world, knowing there's no other job he could get meaning if you and i were running a gas station we wouldn't hire a guy to be a cashier if we thought he was mentally unfit so is it not like insane to think we're even having this discussion it's really a shame i mean only in 2023 would something like this be happening but the reality is we still have to beat him next november otherwise we'll be continuing to talk about this for potentially five more years Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a complete disaster, and every single person that's unhappy with the way things are going right now has to get out to vote. Uh, And obviously we're hoping they all vote Republican next November. We need not just Republicans, and that's why when we look back at the debate last week, I was very happy because – we talked to obviously the candidates of there talked a lot about policy, but for a lot of people tuning in, it wasn't just Republican primary voters. Yeah. We had a lot of Democrats. We had independents who are clearly not happy with what's going on. Some Democrats who maybe regret voting for Joe Biden in 2020, but honestly, maybe aren't ready yet to vote for a Republican or maybe have never voted for a Republican before. But we're going to need a lot of these votes to win. And so when you talk about swinging that independent voter or winning over a Democrat, uh, starting to plant that seed early about this possibility of something different about the opportunity for a prosperous future once again you know the economic prosperity that we saw in 2018 and 2019 Uh, we want that back but we're going to need people to swing our way that simply didn't in the midterms in 2022 yeah it's another great point and it is weird though because the democrats have gone from like a chicken in every pot to a drag queen in every classroom it's not quite the same appeal to me but do you think given what you just said about the visibility quotient behind these debates uh do you think trump will start debating if only because it is a good way to reach democrats too yeah, I think it would be great to have him on the debate stage. As you know, I've known the president for a long yeah. time. I'd love to have him. I know the chairwoman would love to have him. Uh, we hope he comes to the future debates. But uh, if he doesn't, the debates will go on. And we have our next one already confirmed, as you know, with Fox Business yep. coming up at the end of September at the Reagan Library. So we're super excited about that. And we'll be able to obviously announce as it gets closer, 48 hours out, who's going to ultimately qualify and be on the stage with us. Yeah, because as the qualifications change on that, that will actually, you know, potentially shrink the field, too, is something that we've heard is that Trump might even be holding out for a smaller field, if only because he doesn't want to give the visibility to lesser candidates. Um, Are there plans? Does the criteria change dramatically? What goes on? Yeah, so the criteria will be different. Um, We've already announced what that will be. So the candidates that want to qualify are well aware of, you know, what they're going to have to do. Uh, We have obviously the same pledge requirement in place. But when it comes to the fundraising requirement, that has been upped from 40,000 to 50,000 donors on that requirement. And then when it comes to um, the other requirement that we had, which was the polling requirement, that changes from the 1% now to 3% in two national polls or 3% in one national poll and in one early state poll in one of the carve-outs, New Hampshire, Iowa, Nevada. Uh, those, you know, those first four states. Okay, good. Uh, so, so what you're telling me is, thanks for the memories, Asa Hutchinson. I kid, I kid, I kid. He's a, he's a, I, I enjoy the governor quite a bit, and I think he's going to be phenomenal on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, but let's stay focused. Uh, Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert is on the line. We're talking about the 2024 race on both sides of the aisle, to be clear. You know, the other side of the aisle, I found interesting. Um, Nikki Haley, obviously, 
was giving it to the Biden, the idea of another Biden, you know, campaign, if for no other reason than because, you know, she was framing it as a vote for Biden, as a vote for a president, Kamala. The Democrats obviously tried to characterize that as some type of racism, which we've seen the play run before. It's very reductive and it's lazy and it's it's, you know, obviously, I think a garbage tactic. But I mean, have we. Does the party realize this is all they have to run on? Because that's where this is headed. I don't think it matters who the Republicans nominate. I think we're nominating, as far as the Democrats are concerned, a racist. Now, we know they're not racist. You know that I know that. Millions of people who vote for them know that. Uh, but do you see them ever changing that playbook up? Because I don't. No, when they have nothing of substance to argue on, they'll say outlandish stuff to try to scare people uh, per usual. But the reality is, I mean, Joe Biden's terrible. Kamala Harris would be terrible. Anybody else they really have right now would arguably be terrible. Their bench is not deep. Uh, They have a bunch of disasters waiting to happen. And we as the Republican Party, I think, have a pretty deep bench. Uh, As you mentioned, you know, it doesn't really matter. Any of those people would do better than any of these Democrats right now. Uh, on any of the issues that are affecting people day to day. And I think what's important and what I've been talking a lot about lately is as a Republican Party, this is really a new age in the Republican Party. We're a doors open party right now. And we're saying, listen, you don't have to agree with us on 100 percent of issues. You might only agree with us on 50 percent of issues. But we want you here. We want you with us. And we want to see change. And we'll work together, whether that be the economic issues. Some people, especially young people, they may not be with us on all the social issues. And that's okay. But we still want them on our side working with the Republican party versus staying with the Democrats. And I think that change is really going to be reflected. And as we've seen with minority voters from 2016 Mm -hmm. to 2020 and beyond, uh, starting to make a shift to the Republican Party because of the change in values of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, that's the biggest liability for the Democrats is that they don't have a deliverable, meaning, you know, they, they talk a lot about supporting minority communities, but they haven't tangibly improved the quality of anything. And if we have like a fact based, you know, campaign, a fact based general election, I don't see how the Democrats are going to be in it in any state, you know, let alone enough states to win this thing. So I think that becomes the challenge for the Republicans as the field whittles down. If it can be a focus of substance, I think the road ahead is prosperous. Uh, if not, I think it's an electric car that's going to need the hours and hours to charge. So hopefully you can keep everybody on message and get out of this weekend with a win. OK, Mad. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Go Buckeyes. I appreciate some time, pal. Keep playing good ball. Good talking to you. Talk to you soon. You're the best. There she goes. The great Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert, RNC spokesperson. And, you know, this is reality. If we're having a substantive conversation about who should be leading this country right now, anybody on that Republican debate stage, even Asa Hutchinson, I give him a hard time, he'd be heading shoulders better than any Democrat right now. Okay, when you talk about the Democratic base, as she had mentioned, okay, so you start out with, you know, the guy who is presumably at the top of the ticket, Joe Biden. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that you can Okay, but understand, after that, there'd be the reality of either A, a Kamala Harris, so you're talking about getting out of bed with a President Kamala. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 But what is Plan C? Okay, I guess Plan C would be Gavin Newsom. And if you've seen California lately, California's horrific. Like, I say this, and I don't take joy in saying it, because it used to be the prettiest state in America, and now it's just the world's largest outdoor toilet. But that is the end result of Gavin Newsom's leadership. But that's the plan A, B, and C for the Democratic Party. Okay, they, they are not a party of ideas. They are a very much a party of identity politics. They want you to vote for people. Well, you know, this person's historic. Put them in there. 
Okay, but history is great if the people can do it. Like the reason Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and was so effective in integrating baseball is because they picked a player who was phenomenal. He was a phenomenal player who they had the utmost confidence would succeed at the major league level and have the character and the grit and the competitive nature that would reflect so favorably on him as a player that we would get past the conversation of race by focusing on just how much of a contribution he could physically make to the game itself. Okay, what the Democrats are doing wrong is they're giving you half of a Jackie Robinson. And what I mean by that is they're giving you the historic first, but they're not making sure these are people who are qualified to serve in their positions. Pete Buttigieg was nicknamed Pothole Pete because he couldn't handle the roads in South Bend, Indiana. But because we never had a gay transportation secretary before, we took Pothole Pete and put him in charge of every single road in America. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I mean, think about this. Karine Jean-Pierre was chosen to replace Jen Psaki. Okay, Jen Psaki, of course, the spokesperson who came after Kaylee McEnany. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. But there's not a day that goes by that you don't watch Karine Jean-Pierre and feel like you miss Jen Psaki. I think he's got a point. Okay, she was full of it. She lied like hell for Biden. Complete political opportunist, ran out the door to MSNBC the second she could. But understand, she could at least answer questions. She wasn't sitting there in a binder like, Jen, like you know, Corrine Jean-Pierre, who, again, is a wonderful woman. But she got the job, and the White House made no bones about saying so because she was going to be the first woman of color to do the job. Okay, no different than Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who's a Supreme Court justice, who Biden flat out said, white people need not apply. Remember that song by Tesla? Well, they were doing the remake, but signs, signs, signs everywhere, sign. Okay, they put up a sign and said, no, no whites allowed, not for this Supreme Court nomination. And they got Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who was asked during her confirmation hearings if she could say what a woman was. And she said, well, I'm not a biologist. I can't answer that question. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Okay, you understand. Firsts are great if the people know what they're doing. Okay, sadly, we're living in a moment where nobody does. So when it comes to the Republican Party, okay, they do have the reality that there would be some firsts for their party. Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. Oh, people, people who are of minority descent who are eminently qualified to do the gig. Okay, and if, in fact, one of them winds up on top of this ticket, they're going to pound the Democrats, going to absolutely kill the Democrats. Donald Trump, nobody wants to say it in an official capacity, is the only chance the Democrats have to win the election. And I'm not telling you he can't win it himself. I'm just saying you it's a much closer race if he runs than if any other Republican does. And the only reason I'm saying that is not because he's bad or he wasn't a good president. He wasn't head and shoulders better than Biden. It's because the Democrats and the media have already gotten most of the legwork done in convincing a significant portion of the country that Orange Man is bad. Okay, when it comes to Nikki, when it comes to Scott, even to a lesser extent, DeSantis, they got a lot more work to do at this point when it comes to negative name recognition. And that's why there's probably more upward mobility in them. Does that mean they're going to get the nomination? God, I have no idea. This one right now, man, and I think that's what makes it so entertaining, is I don't think any of us knows where this is going to go. You know, you'd say Trump's going to win going away because every time he gets indicted, his polls get a little bit better. And that would appear true on the surface. 
but we're a long way between now and, you know, the first voting that happens in January. And a lot can change between now and then. You know, at the same time, like I said, the lot can change mentality that says, well, maybe DeSantis is in it. Maybe Scott is in it. Maybe Haley is in it. Wrong. It's also the chance that Trump pulls a secretariat and runs wire to wire. Okay. The reality is it won't matter who it is if Biden's the nominee. The Democrats deserve to lose. They deserve to lose because the job they've done for this country is terrible. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America, your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We're talking about the 2024 election. Rachel Maddow says there's not going to be an election if Trump winds up winning again. <laughs> Listen to this. It's so crazy. <laughs> this is clip seven. It means in his own mind and those of his campaign and his supporters, presumably, these are the stakes. And again, whatever you think about that as a legal strategy for Trump, that is how he is thinking about the election. And that is how he is going to be talking to his supporters and his aides and his campaign about the stakes of the election. The election means one of two things, if this is the way he's going to approach it. Either he loses the election and he goes to prison. Or he wins the election, he doesn't go to prison, and is that for life, that he gets to be president? Will we keep having more elections or no? I mean, come on. That's like a real thing she said with a straight face. Are we going to have more elections? What would you do with the brain if you had one? The one thing everyone does, like when it comes to the manufactured hysteria around Trump, is they ignore Trump's own behavior. What I mean by that is Trump has not tried to violently overthrow the government. Trump has not tried to ban elections. Okay? Trump... You know, when they talk about it, yeah, you could say, wow, that guy's been indicted. They threw all these counts at him and everything in between. But he's not actually doing the things that they're giving this evil, nefarious supervillain credit for doing. Okay, he is not proposing an end to elections. Okay, you know who's interfering with elections if you've been paying attention? The Democrats. Okay, they impeach Trump. For wanting to look into the wrongdoing of the Biden family in Ukraine, wrongdoing that we now know chapter and verse is well documented. And they said, oh, he's threatening to withhold foreign aid from a we have a recording of Biden actually doing it and getting the end result that he wanted. And we now have two IRS whistleblowers and two Hunter Biden business partners saying, yes, that's exactly what happened. So, again, another exercise and Democrats accusing their opponents of exactly what they're doing. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. Back in action. Big hour of Fox Across America coming up. We're going to talk about the climate crowd here for a minute. They're crazy. We're also a little bit shameless. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future is going to stop by to discuss this obsession 
this obsession on the left with blaming climate change for everything. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. They're not. They're peeing on your leg and they're telling you it's climate change. That's what's going on. That's just how white folks will do you. <laughs> That's crazy. 888-788-9910, the phone number, if you want to be a part of this thing. Uh, we have done this show all day today, uh, everywhere you've seen me in the media. If it was TV, if you were hanging out with me in the meth lab this morning, I'm kidding. Stop it. But we have been thinking about our listeners and obviously our affiliate pals down in Tampa, Florida on WHBO, which is a great place. We went down to Tampa, as you guys remember. I was in Clearwater. We had a phenomenal time with Kennedy this spring. We were actually there the previous spring with Mikey, and we went to the dollhouse. Hubba, hubba. Okay, we love Tampa. We have a, a very strong affinity for that region, and we hate to know they were getting hit by a storm uh, like Hurricane Idalia. Thankfully, what was a Category 3 hurricane overnight has uh, been downgraded to a Category 1. Uh, they are still dealing with storm surges, and everyone listening should be following the direction of their local authorities and not me, their radio host. But that being said, we are thankful that as of now, we believe the storm was not as severe as we were told it was going to be. Now, I bring that up. Why? Because Daniel Turner is an energy guy. And as an energy guy, he is always under attack from people on the left who want you to believe fossil fuels are getting us all killed. That is a fact check false. Okay, the God's honest truth is without fossil fuels, people would be freezing to death. People would be dying in the summer of heat death because we'd have a lesser ability to produce air conditioning. We'd have a lesser of ability to heat our homes in the wintertime. Uh, in terms of travel and flying the world, we couldn't get around without fossil fuels. Does anyone have a solar-powered plane yet? The answer would be no. Weird. How about, you know, our army? I mean, when the game's on the line. Are we running with any of this uh, renewable energy stuff in the army? The answer would be no. Really weird. So it's odd that we don't trust it uh, in key life or death situations. Yet we're being told that it happens to be the future of our country. Now, we know that's not true. Why? Okay, because if you look over at Germany, uh, a country that has a population less than a third the size of ours, okay, Germany, which implemented every green energy initiative we were hoping to 20 years ago, is now being forced to reopen all types of fossil fuel production. Okay, nobody talks about it over here because we still haven't weaponized the power and the clout they hope to get by terrifying people over climate change. Nobody over here is acknowledging that these initiatives cannot power reliably a population a third the size of ours because, again, they're too busy trying to benefit themselves to have an honest conversation about the rest of us. Bingo. Okay, but when we talk about climate change, climate change, uh, you understand this, is a manufactured consensus. When they say, oh, the science is settled, first of all, science is never settled. Science is about questioning everything. That's how you arrive at informed hypotheses. Okay, do you remember they tried telling us that with COVID? Oh, the science is settled. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Totally, because every time he told us the science was settled, the science wound up changing. I mean, if you were paying attention to where we went on masks, my goodness gracious. Okay, this is the science being settled. Okay, on masks. The science is settled. You cannot question the science. It is settled. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. 
wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And Masks it, are protective. And we, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community... You want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> I mean, think about that. The science is settled. You can't dare question the science. I'm like, well, the science just changed 23p times. So how is it that they can question the science? Think of the science behind mandates. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. So weird. But then what did they do? They turned around and they mandated it. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. When it comes to the science, you have to understand. The science of climate change, they tell you, you can't question the science. Science is settled. Okay? But the science has changed repeatedly, just like it has on masks. We were going to freeze to death in the 70s and 80s. That was the science. Reconfigure your manufacturing industry. We're all going to freeze. And while you're reconfiguring, please give us money. That's how it worked. Nobody froze. Then they were like, oh, we're melting. Global warming. Reconfigure your manufacturing base. We're all going to melt. And while you're at it, please give us money. Then we didn't melt. They're like, well, it turns out the temperatures are rising, uh, but not nearly at the percentage we thought. And now, as it turns out, we're cooling. But what's that? That's unpredictability is what it is. It's climate change. The weather changes, and you got to know that. So let's reconfigure our manufacturing base, and while you're at it... Please give us money. And understand, through every one of those turns, a lot of gullible liberals did. Pay up, suckers. Okay, but it's always a manufactured consensus. It doesn't come with data. It comes with agree with us or people are going to die. The science is settled, you killer. Agree with us or you're going to kill everybody. That's what they do. So understand yesterday, late last night, early this morning is when it actually happened. As Hurricane Idalia is bearing down on Florida, CNN trots out its climate expert, Bill Ware. CNN is the worst. Totally, because here he is telling us fossil fuels are speeding up storms like this, and they're going to be worse, which is why we need to enact their climate change policies. The Democrats want you to believe with a straight face they can control the weather. That's Use your common sense. Guys, I promise you, no party can control the weather, and there's not a single election on the horizon that's going to determine what the weather does. Why? Because it's the weather. Correct the mundo. <laughs> weather just, it's Mother Nature, okay? You can change it to birthing person nature because we're more woke now. Everything woke turns to And you can control the language, but you cannot control 
the weather. He knows what he's talking about. But here is Bill Ware explaining how these storms could be different if only we voted differently. Clip one. It's the biggest sort of trillion dollar question about how you adapt communities like this to the world that we're already now living in at the same time trying to mitigate further more wicked storms down the road with more fossil fuel pollution. Um, right now, the Gulf is being reopened by the Biden administration for oil and gas lease sales. That's about to happen in coming weeks. There are lawsuits around that uh, right there. But it's the double bind of these sort of oil economies in places like this where they, they have that as, a, as an income stream, but also the cost of it is becoming bigger with every storm. Uh, science has been warning about this for a very long time. In many ways, it's been predicted. It's the speed that we're seeing these changes that has taken most folks by surprise. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Now he's got the macho man upset. Listen, folks, just so we're clear, okay, everything he said is garbage. Okay, when he tells you that storm damage has gotten more expensive in Florida over the years, he's not lying, okay? He's not lying about that. Okay, number one, things are more expensive in this country right now because of Joe Biden. I agree with that. Look, dealing with record levels of inflation. But do you want to know why? And this is important, and we should introduce this into the conversation. And again, I'm not here to make you vote Republican. Okay, my party is the keg party. For real. That's who I recruit you to day in and day out. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. Okay, but understand this, and this is very important, and it needs to be said. The reason storm damage has gotten so much more expensive in Florida is because there's 20 million more people living there than there was 50 years ago. Oh, wow! Yes, it's more expensive. Why? Because there's more stuff to hit. Bingo. There's more homes. There's more cars. There's more stores. There's more schools. Okay? All of that stuff in abundance is 20 million people higher. Well, if you go back to 1950, there are about 2 million people living in Florida. There's over 22 million people living in Florida right now. Yes, it's going to be more expensive. No, it has nothing to do with what we're doing with fossil fuels and how it's making storms act. And by that same rationale, let's be clear, we were told, oh, this storm is picking up speed in an unpredictable way nobody could have saw coming because of fossil fuels. Well, lo and behold, thankfully, by the grace of God, this storm wasn't nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be. So does that mean the fossil fuels actually dialed it back a little bit? Did people use 87 octane instead of 93? Did they not turn on their air conditioning or their home heating as much as we thought they would last night? No, of course not. Because there's no link between your consumption and the weather. We can't control the weather. We can control whether or not we believe these idiots, but sadly, so far too many people do. And the reason they do is a lot of them are good people. They're people that want to make a positive difference in the world, that have been scared into believing that the climate is something we control and that they themselves need to do something about it. This is who they prey on. They prey on well-meaning people for the most part whose emotions are their facts. Ah, the glaciers are melting. We're all going to... Wrong. No, they didn't melt. Ah, there's no more green grass left in the world. Wrong. There's more than ever. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy getting into a dust-up with Andrea Mitchell. It's clip two. 
The Earth is covered by more green surface area today than it was half a century or a century ago because carbon dioxide is plant food. And but, carbon dioxide as a percentage of the atmosphere is still at a relative but, low through human say, history. Those are I hard just, facts. And I think we have to acknowledge a, those facts when having this debate. Well, there's a hard fact of the hurricane that is now approaching. The mayor, a three-generation St. Petersburg resident, says he's never seen anything like this, the, the ocean warming. But let me move on to some... Andrea, may, may I respectfully offer a response to that? And, and I mean this with due respect. If someone on the other side were an uneducated person from Arkansas who didn't go to college and offered one weather event as an N of one anecdote to help support a well, theory of global climate change, you'd laugh off, off the stage they, as a rube for saying they don't follow data. The same well, shoe has to fit the other foot. Follow the actual about, data. I'm not talking about one person's opinion. We've we talked to professors, academics. You literally uh, just quoted one person's people. opinion with due respect. That's exactly what you just quoted. And I think that that's what's driving okay. this kind of false narrative as opposed to the facts that I'm citing. Well, what an idiot. So funny. But he's telling the truth. You know, Vivek does a lot of things that can be grating. You know, some people don't love his personality, but he's a very smart guy. And as a debater, as a back-and-forth guy, his ability to utilize fact to shut down all the fear-mongering and the emotionalism coming from the left is actually pretty lethal. Because the argument that Andrea Mitchell's making is the argument they've been making. Well, I talked to the mayor. He said they never seen ocean warming like this. Did the mayor give you any data on the temperature in the ocean? The answer would be no. No, they gave you anecdotal evidence. But people who mean well, people who want to help go, oh, wow, it's a mayor of Miami says the ocean's where this is bad. I guess we better vote Democrat, do those things that are going to cool down the ocean. Has anyone explained how we're going to cool down the ocean? The answer would be no. No, because we can't. That's the point. They're installing all kinds of windmills in the ocean that are killing whales left and right. They don't like to talk about it. And oh, by the way, all this green energy pie in the sky horse is an economic sellout to China because they manufacture 95% of the green energy infrastructure we need. So our biggest geopolitical foe in the world is getting richer while we get poorer. And all the while, they're out-polluting us by a margin of 27 to 1, which means the world's only getting filthier every day that we embrace green energy. Yet our economy gets weaker, okay? Yet our foes get stronger, and nothing changes in the world. Okay, the only thing that changes is the type of weather the Democrats are trying to weaponize. Today it's a hurricane. Please give us money. In a couple of months it'll be a blizzard. Please give us money. And as stupid as this all is, again and again and again, there'll always be somebody there to fill up the collection plate. Pay up, suckers. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Daniel Turner in the next hour. In the next hour. In the next break. My goodness, I sound like Biden now. This isn't good. Jimmy's a little out of it today. We got a weird. What would you do with a brain if you had one? I've got one. It's just, you know, few have done more with less than your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, a community college attendee. I mean, I technically graduated, but to graduate community college, I had to give some guy spider a bag of weed. Uh, but it's not to say community college isn't a good thing. If you go there and apply yourself, uh, you get transferable credits, and they don't teach you to hate America like the big schools. I actually should be like a national spokesperson for community college, given the visibility I have in the media and stuff like that. Seriously, where is that? Where's the reach out on that one? If ever there was a product that I was right to endorse, it's either that or like Lay's potato chips, but they're not going to let me do that. Not with wardrobe yelling at me to get into shape all the time. It's not good.
Uh, but Daniel Turner's coming by. He's an energy executive, and he will speak honestly with you about the role that fossil fuels played in Florida. Are you ready for it? It was zero. Zero whatsoever. Okay. Everybody on the left that keeps doing this to you, okay, they do it with everything. Emotions are facts. Ah, the border, that's racist. You can't secure the border. It's racist. What do you mean? The Democrats voted for border wall funding twice before Donald Trump came down the escalator and said, build a wall, at which point they were like, oh, hell no, that's racist. Come on, man. And the media was right there with them. The media is a bunch of losers. Totally. Okay, but what happened? The country suffered because now the border is wide open. We've had six million people cross the border illegally. But Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. Do you understand? We're living in a country that's suffering because we've weaponized emotion in the place of facts. It's not how you run a country. And when it comes to natural disasters, number one, it's whether you're talking about a disaster or a shooting, nobody wants to hear your political ideology in their time of suffering. They want help or they want silence. Nothing in between. I think he's got a point. Okay, but here we are in this moment with all the Democrats last night and this morning. Ah, the climate change, it's bad. Look at Florida, it's bad. Look at Maui. Well, Maui actually said climate change had nothing to do with it. The power authority said it was power lines. Yeah, but the politicians, they said it was climate change. Of course they did. Why? Why did they say it? Because they're all full of... And Daniel Turner will speak to that in the next break. And I'm not saying that to get you riled up. I'm saying that to keep you calm down, okay? We're not about to die because of the weather. If we were, we would have froze when they said so in the 70s, or we would have melted when they said so in the 80s, okay? They're not getting better at this. They're getting worse. The reason you keep changing the name of the cause is because the original cause was a fraud, and that's everything you need to know. But we'll have a climate expert weigh in next on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon giving you an update on Hurricane Idalia. Uh, thankfully, the Category 3 storm that hit land has since been downgraded to a Category 1. But that did not stop a Category 5 over at CNN where people blamed the storm on climate change. I'm sick and tired of all of this bullshit. Joining me now on the phone is a man who may or may not be sick and tired of it because it is quite amusing at the same time. He is the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, Daniel Turner, back on the show. Hey, girl. Oh, Jimmy, thanks for having me on, buddy. Always good to be with you. Isn't it a weird spot to find yourself in, though? Because it is annoying that they keep invoking climate change for anything. But the shamelessness of it all is kind of funny, no? It is, and it is frustrating, especially when it's it's catastrophic and if there's loss of life or, you know, there's loss of property. Um, it is very frustrating to, to have them point fingers and say somehow we're absolutely culpable. But I can make this prediction, and I will make it with, with full confidence – and and I, I dare anyone to take me up on, on this bet. If President Biden wins again in 2024, Florida will get hit with another hurricane. Oh, like, no. I, I guarantee you it's going to happen. And, and is... so this, this notion that if we just vote differently, we're going to end hurricanes is it's it's juvenile. It's actually very offensive. 
It sounds like something out of an old Monty Python movie where, like, if someone claimed, like, in, like, the life of Brian, they could control the weather, you know, you'd, like, throw them in a gulag. Like, this guy's nuts. Don't worry about this guy. Just keep on yeah, walking. Exactly. I'm looking to see what else, you know, floats in water. You know, churches, <laughs> very small rocks, you know. And I do often wonder when I see these folks on, on TV shows and on, on Angela Mitchell and Andrea Mitchell and, yes. and, and Anderson Cooper – I, I, you know, who are you so wise in the ways of science? I just tweeted earlier today a reminder of the photo, a very famous photo of Anderson Cooper um, standing chest high in water when his cameraman, about 15 feet away, is standing uh, on the normal ground. And, and you wonder <laughs> why did they put him in a pit of water? Because mm-hmm. it made very good television. And, yep. and it's all fake. It's all, you know, there's multiple of these. We've, we've seen CNN reporters on canoes yeah. uh, saying that they're inundated and you see people walk by in the background and ankle deep water. <laughs> Hello! So, um, it, it's just absurd. We're really, we're really holding on tight. Yeah, and you see the guy <laughs> guy's having a catch with his kid in the background. I'll never forget that famous photo of the weatherman where he's pretending to try to walk in the storm with the measured feet and uh, like he's getting blown over. And then, yeah, behind him is like an ice cream truck. Kids are getting ice cream. <laughs> like, yeah, the best. exactly. It's crazy. And, and, and sadly, so much of our news is made for television. And yep. and. That's just a reality, and and I get it. Like, if you're in the TV business, and I'm not knocking the business, but it is a business, and it needs Mm -hmm. ratings, and it needs viewers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because of that, we do sensationalize absolutely everything. And and so a hurricane in Florida in hurricane season is not very exciting, but an unprecedented, super strong Category 3 it makes it sound very sexy. But i got to tell you, all things considered, it has been a very mild hurricane season, and this is not a very big – of course it's strong. It's a mm-hmm. Category 3. I'm not underplaying, under, downplaying it. I heard there was one loss of life. I don't know if that's confirmed, and if it is, it's tragic. But, but again, this is Florida, mm-hmm. right? And tornadoes are going to hit Oklahoma Plains, and hailstorms are going to hit uh, uh, parts of the country. And, and this, is, this is just – we're never going to stop these things. You have to stop scaring people into convincing and trying to convince them. That if you just succumb to their political agenda, you know, Big Daddy can make all your boo-boos go away. That's, that's <laughs> just never going to happen. Oh, Daniel Turner is on the line. We're having a grown-up talk about what I consider to be a, a great deal of not only is it fear-mongering, but it's also just opportunism. Because whenever mm-hmm. something happens, like the crazy story out in Maui right now is that local authorities say that, not local authorities, but the power company, what do they say? It was caused by, the wildfire was caused by power lines, but you've got elected officials telling you it was climate change. Yeah, yeah, and oh. it's, it's just so much easier. Yeah. It's a lot easier to blame everything on climate change because there is no accountability. There is no after-action. There is no doing the boring part of being the governor of, 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 of Hawaii or the governor of California. Right? No one wants to do the boring things like upgrade the electric grid or upgrade the water system. You know, no, who runs for governor on those platforms? And, you know, you look at our home state. You're still there. I'm not. But I'll consider it always my home state, the great home state of New York. You know, what did Kathy Hochul run on? Did she run on any of the things that affect New Yorkers from safety to to housing to no, she ran on equity and justice and and <laughs> we're going to make a brighter tomorrow because I believe in children. And now that she's actually had a couple months to put her agenda in place, 
her polling is through the is, is, is through the basement floor and, and yeah. she's at negative she's at forty percent, under forty percent. Mm-hmm. New Yorkers are very frustrated with her performance. You know why? Because she's incompetent. And we yeah. keep electing incompetent people to run big boy systems. Uh, you wouldn't hire incompetent people to run your soundboard. And your, your, I've seen your team in there top whoa. notch. Whoa, yeah, well. I got to throw the challenge flag on that one. Oh, my goodness. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Daniel Turner's on the line, ladies and gentlemen, uh, reading right off the card the way Mikey paid him to. Uh, which I you know, listen. I respect the hustle by Mikey, and I respect I respect you making an extra buck and saying that. But that's fine. Uh, but did you get a kick out of Vivek pushing back on Andrea Mitchell? By the way, over on MSNBC, because this is I what did. I'm. Yeah, okay. Because this is all I wanted to say, and you can you tell me if I'm right or wrong. But in my limited understanding of climate science, it looks to me a lot like vaccine science in that it's a manufactured consensus and that they're mm-hmm. pistol whipping scientists into playing along and to- towing the narrative. Is that any is that based on any reality? Oh, I think that's 100 percent accurate. And that's why they can uh, cite these statistics that 97 percent of scientists agree. Um, and, and once you have that type of a number, you can shut down all the debate. Again, we saw this all during covid when the experts agreed that we have to stand in circles, when the experts agreed that you have to put on your mask to stand up to go to the bathroom, when the expert agreed that if you leave your groceries outside for 24 hours and then you spray it down with Lysol, all the bacteria is going to die. We did all of this nonsense because the yep. experts told us that, and the climate follows the exact same the exact same path of stupidity. Um, the intransigent, intransigent media, they, they will not even be open to the fact that maybe – this is all one gigantic hoax. Maybe it's an awful lot of opportunism. Maybe 97% of scientists agree that they don't want to lose their federal funding. Yeah, I mean, that's a statistic that's very, very accurate. And so, yeah, to see Angela Mitchell get in, Andrew, I always mispronounce yeah. her name, but the Mitchell lady get put in her place um, was good because they don't ever have this type of opposition. They have people who nod their head and say, yes, you're correct. We're all going to die of climate change. <laughs> It's so crazy. And then it's funny because they'll be like, you know, the Republicans are a bunch of fear mongers. They're just scaring people into voting. I'm like, is to get any more fear mongering than vote for me or you're going to die? That's pretty yeah. aggressive. No, absolutely. And, and look, we're already seeing this again with the new strain of COVID. Wasn't the president just out the other day saying mm-hmm. that we, there's a new vaccine and we really wants people to get it. Mm-hmm. And, and you already see articles. Now, maybe the last couple of days we've been focusing on whatever is there another trump indictment or, yeah. or the hurricane in florida but but if you do look at your news feed you see that they are again there are already parts of the country that are masking up again there are schools that are masking up again the, the, the perpetual fear we are not the ones who are anti-science right mm-hmm. we are not the ones we are not the ones who are uh, stoking fear they are because of an agenda that is so true and it's funny when you talk about the white house pushing another vaccine i'm like First of all, I get it. I'm sure if I was running for re-election, I'd like a big pharma donation as much as the next guy. But <laughs> in terms of maybe big... you can drop Mictors as your friend, and you can you can have Pfizer. I'm going to across America. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop talking. Yeah, ph- ph- pharma across America. That's the new name of the show. 
<laughs> Masking Across America with I, Jimmy Vela, my I love favorite it. show. Oh, I love it. The United States of Amaskica or something like that. Amaskica, <laughs> yeah. It works, Daniel Turner, because this is the thing. Like, the big pharma people, man, like, I get it, man. There, There's no limit to how much money they want to make off of this government because it's like if your vaccine wasn't a vaccine, okay, it didn't stop transmission. It didn't happen. That didn't happen, okay? And the sale was it would. We were told you had to get it because whether you were healthy or not, you could pass it along to someone who would die if you didn't get it. Ergo, you had to be selfless and get it for your fellow neighbor. Mind you, if a vaccine works and your fellow neighbor's vaccinated, he's impenetrable, technically speaking. Now, we all know that wasn't the case. But after the sale not being completed uh, and then the you know ensuing boosters, I think they got up to like 406 before they stopped pushing it, okay, all of these people continued to get spread and die of COVID. So at yeah. what point do you walk back in the door and recommend another booster? And like, I would, I would respect it more if they were just like, listen, man, we like money. Did you guys ever see Wall Street? Like, they should make Gordon <laughs> Gecko the spokesperson. Look, folks, greed is good. Uh, greed is good. So we need another vaccine. Is this not Wall Street 3, Big Pharma Never Sleeps? Yeah, exactly. And the, the, they could do that, and we would have a lot more respect for them. And quite frankly, I think a lot of politicians could do the same mea culpa and say, look, you guys remember March of 2020. You saw the images coming out of the world. There was widespread panic. Uh, you know, this has never happened before. We, we had no history of how to handle this. Did we mess up? Absolutely. Did, did, we, did we lock down too hard? Did we... I get it. But like we're trying I was trying to figure this out as your governor or as your president. And mm -hmm. we messed up bad guys. But you know what? We we were handed something that no president or no governor has ever been handed before. And now we know better. And that's not a necessarily an apology that's going to heal wounds or yep. restart your business or anything. Mm -hmm. But but that's all I think the American people want is a recognition that this has been handled poorly. We've learned from it. And we will handle it better in the future. But we, we don't get that, not from anyone, not from elected officials, not from, from Fauci, not from pharma, not from anyone. And mm -hmm. it's the same with the climate industry. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. Uh, so you're telling me we're not going to get that apology when green energy does what Germany's green energy did to our country? Because they're, yeah. exactly, they're not exactly killing it over there with the power grid 20 years in, are they? No, and, and their economy is, is declining, and it actually is, is in more contraction than any other of the European Union nations. And the sad part is they, they basically float the European Union. Surprisingly, Spain is not the rock star of Europe, right? Everyone's <laughs> asleep from, from noon till 4 p.m. <laughs> no offense to our Spaniards. I lived there for two years. It's a wonderful country. But Germany's economy is what's floated the entire European Union, and their economy is getting crushed by their green agenda. When you can't afford your electric bill, it is very hard to operate your business, right? Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, people aren't going to spend $45 on a schnitzel because that's what you need to charge because <laughs> you, you can't afford to keep your, your, your electric bill, you know, your lights on in the, in the bakery. And that across all the manufacturing industry is killing Germany's economy. When are they going to apologize for that? Oh. Yeah, it's true. And there's only so many David Hasselhoff concerts you can do to stimulate the local economy, you know? Not no, good. exactly. And, and if anything we learned from the 20th century, it's this. Don't piss off a whole generation of young German men. 
It doesn't <laughs> end well, right? It really does not. And and we are punishing this country. I, I, it, I, can, only, I, can, only, I can only assume you are uh, referring to their support of David Hasselhoff's music career as well. <laughs> Daniel Turner! We love him. Oh, you're the best. Thanks for this, brother. I hope you have a great day, man. Keep playing Always good ball pleasure, out there. Jamie. You're the best. Let's see you soon. There he goes, the legendary Daniel Turner. There we go back after this. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are, of course, in the bottom of the ninth. I am scheduled to be on the Sean Hannity show tonight. I could, of course, get bumped, depending breaking news. That's just how white folks will do you. Uh, but if you're looking for some Fallivision, you got a lot of options. We were on with Laura Ingram last night. That spot is actually streaming. You can watch it on the Fox Across America web page as we speak. Uh, I have also posted multiple, multiple clips there from my guest hosting stint on Gutfeld. You'll see my Fox and Friends hit from yesterday morning. There's a lot going on. Tomorrow night I will be back on your telly with Jesse Waters. Uh, but either way you slice it, today is a great moment to get tickets to one of my upcoming stand-up shows because we're getting this party back on the road. Friday night, October the 13th, I will, of course, be where? The Paramount in Huntington, New York, filming my one-hour stand-up comedy special. All the Fox pals are going to be there. It's going to be a banger. You get a chance to come make some TV history with your radio buddies. Certainly do. But if you're listening up in the Catskills, my goodness gracious, you got a shot to see me locally in Sugarloaf, New York. That is Saturday night, September the 16th. I will be at the Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center. Everybody's welcome to come by and hang out. And you know what I mean. We'll go shopping at the outlets and get rowdy. Whatever you do in Sugarloaf, I don't know. I was told it's the number one performing arts center in all of Sugarloaf. So that ought to be all kinds of fun. And, of course, if you're a little bit further out west, we're talking about Friday night, October the 27th. I am at the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. Saturday night, October the 28th, the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls. These are hot gigs, man, uh, and I am fired up for every one of them. I love getting out on the road. I love meeting our crew. And I will say this. If you've never been to one of our live events... You absolutely need to go, if for no other reason than to realize that you belong to something that's very unique in the world. Everybody at our shows is cool as hell. Some of them dress like me and make fun of me, but they can all take a joke, they can all take a drink, and they have a damn good time. And it's a neat thing to be a part of because, to be honest with you, most of politics, when people get together, you know, with a talk show host, specifically, you know, political talk. It's a lot of anger. It's, you know, we got to save this country. We got to stop these people. We got to get them. You know, that whole thing. Okay, that is not our movement. It is not a call to arms. It is a call to chill the f out. That's what it is. Yes, I'm a conservative, unapologetically so. But I don't get on the radio and cater to a political party. I'm catering to a keg party. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. But it's a great way to go through a night of stand-up comedy. So you got Friday, uh, Saturday night, September the 16th, at the Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center in Sugarloaf, New York. Friday night, October the 13th, the Paramount in Huntington. Then you've got 
Friday night, October the 27th at the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. Saturday night, October the 28th at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls. A lot of chances to get the band back together with the Fox Across America crew. And I do know for a fact our man John is coming out in Montana. That can't be good. No, I've told security. Don't worry about it. We're going to keep an eye on him just to be safe. Uh, But either way, you slice it, man. I say this a lot because it's true. We're doing something here that the world needs more of. Uh, Taking the issue seriously, but not taking yourself seriously. Because when you see all the infighting we discussed on the show today, whether we were talking about biological men competing against biological women, which is ridiculous, or you've got this whole idea of blaming climate change for just about anything that happens in the world. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, totally. Doesn't even matter, okay? If a a bus... <laughs> if if a bus hits a guy, uh, ah, climate change. You know, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's so crazy. It doesn't matter what goes on in the world. Your car gets a flat. They're like, well, you know, the climate change is so bad. And the point is, making fun of this stuff and having some reason. You know, I always say the world's on fire. We're roasting radio marshmallows. There's so much value in doing that, if for no other reason than because you're you're you know bargaining with your fellow man and woman and they and them from a place of measured perspective. You're not emotional, ready to kill somebody. You're relaxed, and that's all you should ever be. I tell you this every damn day. I'm a very affordable life coach. You're all in the fun business. You're all in the today business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun today. So go out there and live it up, girlfriend. It is all we ask. Show's over. Pay up. Get out. I'll see you on the TV tonight. Back on your TV tomorrow. Until then, you can be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.